Hey, my people, how far now? How far? This is uh, Corey on the mic. Welcome to the Courageous Pod. It's been a hot minute. Um, I know, I know I've been busy. I know I promised to do more episodes more frequently, but man, life has happened though. And a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks since the last time I was here. A whole lot. And um, of course, I actually brought on a guest, a special guest today. Uh, she goes by the name of Lady V. And we'll just leave it at that. Uh, she's someone that I met on Clubhouse. And uh, I, I've actually heard a lot of her perspective. And, I, and I, I, I think it's someone that you guys would appreciate me bringing on. Uh, because even though we may not agree on everything, there's certainly some things that we definitely agree on. Um, and I feel like, you know, as I discussed in the last episode, in the last episode... There's some things that I want to bring to light to my community, to you guys, to the audience. Some things that I said that I remember that I just feel doesn't really make any sense in this Obodo, Obodo Ibo that we're in. Some things are just not adding up. Um, and they haven't been adding up for a while. But I'm starting to see some resistance. I'm starting to see some pushback. I'm starting to see some, some cracks in the proverbial matrix. And um, my hope is that we can point some of them out and, you know, wake some people up because there are far too many people that are distracted and that are thinking all these things are just mere distractions. I understand that life happens to everyone. I understand that everyone's busy trying to, you know, hustle, get their stuff together, but we have to be aware of what's going on around our surroundings. We have to be aware of what's going on with the with the powers that be and the things that they're trying to institute. Uh, I'm not saying everything is bad. I'm not I'm not I'm not a cynical person like that. I could be cynical, but I try to give the benefit of the doubt. But there's some things that we just haven't really gotten clear explanations on. Uh, especially in the last two years of this pandemic. You can't tell me what we've gone through has been normal. You really can't. Um so I'm glad to introduce my guest today, Lady V. 
uh, who I met on Clubhouse. And that's, we're going to leave it at that. Just Lady V, nothing more. Uh, Lady V, can you, can you say something? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I am excited about the podcast. Excited to be part of the discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So first on the agenda that we have today is uh, obviously we we, we can't but not talk about Will and Jada. Will and Jada Smith and the incident that happened on March 27th at the Oscars night. The Oscars which is supposed to be the the pinnacle of movie making. Uh, this is the, the biggest ceremony of the night, uh, watched usually by a lot of people in the United States and potentially billions of people all over the world. Uh, the Oscars are, they're like the symbol for Hollywood's excellence. And if you all don't know what happened, I'm going to play a clip. And if you don't know what happened, you've really been stuck under under a rock. But I'm going to play a clip for those that may not be sure what happened. This was Will Smith at the Oscars. Um, Chris Rock was on stage. And he was about to present an award. And Chris Rock is a comedian, of course. So he cracked some jokes. And one of the jokes happened to be at the expense of uh, Jada. So check this out. Just my mic. Check this out. Them and his wife are both nominated. You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win. (laughs) (laughs) He is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. That was right? the joke. G.I. Jane 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. And then this Uh-oh. happened. Richard. <laughs> Will Smith approached. Oh, wow. And he smacked this guy wow. on stage. <clears throat> Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> this, Wow, dude. I thought this was a joke when it happened. I'm going to, okay? (laughs) That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. And of course, Will Smith went on to win. Uh, what people would consider the most prestigious award of the night, Best Actor. He went on to win for a movie that he did, uh, I think it was King Richard. King Richard, yeah. 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 Um, and he got a standing ovation, believe it or not. He gave this speech where he talked about how he, he he's protecting his family and he wants to be like the Serena Williams um, dad who was also his protect, protecting his daughters. It was this really BS speech. You know, he cried, um, he won the award, and he got a standing ovation, of, um, a standing ovation, right after he had walked up on stage and assaulted a fellow actor. Um, Lady Eve, what were your first thoughts when you, when you saw that? I, I, I don't know, do, do, you, do you watch the Oscars, out of curiosity? Okay, so... 
so I don't watch the Oscars anymore. When I was younger, I used to watch. Uh, but you know, these days, I think they've kind of lost their relevance, to be very honest. I think a lot of people knew that the Oscars were happening because of the slap. Yeah, I agree. So I actually had no clue that it was happening. I heard about the slap the day after with some of the YouTube channels that I follow. And then I went to find out what happened. I'm like, oh, the Oscars happened. Um, so when I initially saw the clip, I, just like you, I thought it was a, I thought it was staged. I, I did. But too. at the back of my mind, I was thinking, why would the Oscar stage something like this? This is not BET Awards. This is not M- MTV VMAs, right? Mm-hmm. This is the Oscars. They don't do things like this for clicks and views. Um, and then secondly, what would either Chris or Will be getting out of it? Like staging something like this. Why, why would they agree to it? And then lastly, there's no way that anyone would ask two black men, given the racial context in the US, yeah. there's no way they would ask two black men to stage something like that. It, it would be two themselves. white men, right? Yeah. There's no way they would do that for two black men. So I, I concluded very quickly that it was definitely not staged. But it was just, it was shocking, honestly. But what were your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> my first thought was that it had to be fake, especially just the camera angle. First of all, I wasn't watching it. I was doing something completely different. I haven't watched Oscars either in a while. I just, all I do is, I love I love movie making. I I, I would love to make movies myself someday or, or produce movies. But I've, I've been tuned out of Hollywood for a while just because I, I, I feel like they've lost a lot of their inspiration. A lot of it is woke BS. Um, so I, I don't really tune into the Oscars like that anymore. But someone, I think someone had sent it to me on a, on a thread, like the minute it happened, or someone had mentioned it. So I went, I checked Twitter, which is where, you know, if, for any, if you want to confirm any news, Twitter is the first place you go. At least that's where I go. And I went there and, and I saw it. I saw the Japanese version. I think there was a Japanese broadcast. And I was like, what? I thought it was staged. Like, cause there was only like, a, there was a different angle for the slap. So I was like, they must have had the camera prepped. Initially, I thought it was staged, but then it wasn't until he went back to his seat and he went, keep your wife's name out your fucking mouth. And that was when I was like, oh, we just witnessed yeah. a, a meltdown. That was what happened. We just witnessed a meltdown. And there was a lot that, that had happened up until this point. Again, if you're living under a rock out there and you don't know about the Jada and Will entanglement situation, here's what happened. For those that don't know, because I, I believe me, there's some people that really don't care. But uh, like two years ago, August Alcina had come out. He's an R&B music star and he had come out and he had uh, spilled the beans that he was having a relationship with Jada. And it was this big thing People were shocked, like, what? I mean, there, there had always been rumors that they had an open relationship, but they were like, but the fact that August Alcina, who happens to be friends with Will Smith's son, Jaden, would sleep with Jada, people lost their minds. The internet went crazy, clowning them. You know how the internet goes. And uh, this was the moment, I'm going to play it, the moment that uh, Jada admitted to having what she called uh, the entanglement. And I, you need to say clearly what happened. As far as what? You and I decided we were going to take our space and what happened. 
Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with August. That's what I said. An entanglement? Yes. <laughs> yes. A relationship. Yes, it was a relationship, absolutely. I was in a lot of pain, and I was very broken. Now, in the process of that relationship, I definitely realized that you can't find happiness outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And luckily enough... Yeah, so that happened, and uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I've always been a fan of Will Smith. I've been a fan of his movies. Uh, I At some point, I think he was the highest paid Hollywood actor. Like, his movies drew attention. He brought audiences to the cinema, and he was seen as this guy that had it all. Tall guy, good looking, beautiful wife, kids. Like, he had it all. And he had this clean image of himself. You know, even back before he became an actor, when he used to rap, he never cursed in his raps. He was always the yeah. clean rapper. No, scand no scandals. No scandals. None. Always the, the clean rapper. He came came into the Hollywood game. Um, I think the first major movie he did was uh, uh, Independence Day. Huge hit. Then he had Fresh, Prin Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like a cultural classic. People loved this. People grew up on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I loved it. Everyone loved Will. Everyone wanted to be, be Will. All the women wanted to be with Will. All the men wanted to be Will. And he was, he was just a really decent guy, funny guy, charismatic. So to see, you know, him being in this marriage that people have looked up to for so long, and you start hearing all these sordid details of their marriage, about it being an open marriage, and that wasn't all. There's been other stuff that Jada has come out to admit. She has this red table talk. Um, here's another example of something that she recently admitted on her on her own platform. Things that none of us wanted to know. About self, my grandmother taught me about self pleasuring because she wanted me to know that that pleasure was from me. Exactly. She didn't want me to fall into the hands of a man, and if he gave me pleasure, to think that that was him. Yeah. And she taught me at nine. So. And I'm playing these clips for you to show that there have been a lot of revelations about them, hence why there's been a lot of ridicule thrown at them in the last couple of years. And, and, and the, the narrative that some people go with is the fact that they feel like Jada Smith has emasculated her husband in many ways by a lot of these admissions and has pretty much put his family on front street and exposed them in ways that you wouldn't expect a loving wife would expose someone's family and someone's secrets. Um, so I think a lot of this ridicule is what led up to that night. And I don't think it was the joke that Chris Rock gave that necessarily, you know, put Will Smith over over the top. I think it was, a, it was an accumulation of all this ridicule that has been directed at his family that on the night that's supposed to be his biggest night, you know, he didn't want to hear it. And I think that's why he lashed out. I don't, it doesn't justify it. I think it was wrong. I think it was messed up. Some people, some people have tried to justify it by saying he was protecting his wife. But that flies in the face of the fact that his wife has done so many other things that you would think it doesn't warrant protection. Now, that's, that's neither here nor there. The fact remains is that what Chris Rock did that night did not warrant being assaulted on a stage 
with millions and millions of view, of viewers. Um, but Lady Eve, I'm curious what your take is on 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 this so far. Yeah, I, I think honestly, the whole debacle just shows you how degenerate Hollywood has become. And it just makes it really obvious that these people are not to be placed on a pedestal for the rest oh, of society for sure. to look up to. Um, for sure. Because for people to, you know, stand up and applaud someone who literally just assaulted someone else on stage Shameful. in front of them, Shameful. this is not something you heard of. This is not something someone told you about. You just you saw, saw it, it happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I could give them a pass that maybe at the beginning, they, they, they like everybody else, they thought maybe this is staged. Yeah. But at the point when they saw Will Smith losing his head and yelling expletives at the stage, they would have known that, you know, this is not staged. Look at, you see Lupita Nyong'o's face? She was shocked. And she wasn't shocked, And right? for sure, the producers definitely knew that this was not part of the script. They, they definitely knew. So the fact that he exactly. wasn't even walked off the stage... I thought it was exactly. It was pitiful. I did see a report that said um, from the academy saying that they actually did ask him to leave, but he refused. But I mean, that's just uh, so. So I heard that you are you are in charge of the show. If you ask someone to leave and they don't leave, then you like you know compel them to leave you just think. because <laughs> they said no. You're like, oh, please could you leave? Oh no, sorry. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to to really put it in in context, lady, if this is this, it might as well. Be. Like, imagine, like, this was a workplace assault. This is the Oscars. This is this is yeah. part of their job. Like, yeah, he's, he, they're co-workers, <clears throat> essentially. They're co-workers. Imagine someone walking up to another person at work and slapping the other person. They would get escorted out by security. And, yep. it, and then imagine HR tells you, oh, we asked him to leave, and he said, he said no. Imagine. I mean, what is that? So, so I heard something about that story about him wanting to leave. So it, what it sounds like is that they did want him to leave. They wanted him to leave, but they checked with the producer, who's Will Packer. He ha he happens to be the first black man to produce the Oscars. They checked with the producer, and the producer resisted. The producer claimed that he had gone to talk to Chris Rock, and Chris Rock had yeah. said he he doesn't want Will Smith to leave. But you don't. That's not who you go to. It, this is about about keeping standards here and keeping protocol. You don't. The rules, the code of conduct. Code of conduct. You know what I'm saying? So that was their justification for leaving him there, which I thought was quite unfortunate. But I think this also speaks to um, just how dysfunctional Hollywood has become. And I'll tell you this, right? This Jada Pinkett Smith family, this Smith family, right? My guess is this is probably the tamest of Hollywood families that you find out there. My guess is that there's far more um, dysfunction among these people than we that, that we even realize. Like you hear about so, so many of these people. I don't, I don't know if you heard about is this Hollywood exec, um, the one that was caught uh, soliciting uh, favors, the one that that went to jail. Do you remember his name? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Went to name. jail. Is that Epstein? No, 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 no. The Hollywood guy. Oh, yeah. The, the other one, he, hmm. he he also had like a Jewish sounding name. Weinstein. <laughs> Weinstein, yes. Like you heard about that, the fact that he would, yeah. you know, it just, it goes to show you just how messed up that entire uh, industry is. And 
these aren't the people we should look to. I agree. These aren't the people we should look for to for any kind of moral uh, character or judgment. And yet, they're the ones that are always preaching to us. They're the ones yes, that are always 100%. that are always, you know, um, telling us, you know, the the latest cause that we should all fight for. And it's just like, I think that night it it was it was almost like. We, we all saw it play out in front of our eyes. And people that had doubts before, it was pretty clear at that point, especially when they didn't let him walk off the stage. Um, I'm curious, though, in, in regards to this whole, because um, it said they had an open marriage, right? Like, what are your thoughts on the fact that they had an open marriage? And technically, if they had an open marriage, technically, some people would argue that there's really nothing wrong with Jada having this affair with this gentleman um, and that that's all stuff that we should all be open-minded to. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, first of all, from, from my perspective, my belief is that um, if a marriage is open, then it's not a marriage. Like the, those two terms are in conflict with each other. So it's a, it's an oxymoron. I know it um, the, by definition, a marriage is closed. Um, if it is not closed, then it is not a marriage. So just barring that for a moment, leaving that aside, assuming that this thing called an open marriage can exist, um, I, I think, first of all, we didn't need to know any of that. Really <laughs> they are didn't. the ones who put it in the public domain. We really did not. Nobody asked. We didn't want to know. I mean, there are rumors. There are always going to be um, tabloids talking about you as a, as a celebrity, and it comes with the territory. Yep. But you need to know where to draw the line between your personal and public life. And I think um, some celebrities are really good at, at this. Um, some couples, you don't even know, once they, they get married and you hear the announcement that they're married, you don't even hear anything about their, their relationship. Yeah. You just see them coming out as a couple on the red carpet and that's it. Some other couples, they're able to use um, the scandals and the, you know, the paparazzi rumors to their advantage but you still don't know much about their personal lives. Jay-Z and Beyonce, for example. Yeah, they're very I mean, they, they let out, exactly, they're very calculated. They let out what they need you to know. They, um, Beyonce sold a whole album based on, you know, the rumors of Jay-Z cheating. But up till today, nobody knows exactly what happened. No one knows. You know, so... All you we, do know, not all we know is that there was a Becky with a good hair. That's, that's, <laughs> about, that's about all <laughs> exactly, we know. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it might not even have been. Maybe that was just the narrative for the, for the album. For the album. But, and she but, sold um, albums, too. She was really calculated, she I agree. She sold those really albums. And, you know, what Jay-Z, um, not Jay-Z, Jada and Will have failed to understand is how you draw that line between personal and public. They have let the whole world into their private lives. Now, on the, the relationship itself, I think it's, at least from what I can see, I think it's very clear that Will is not the man that he used to be. And he, the, the relationship has affected him uh, mentally. Oh, yeah. um, he looks like a shell know, for of your, himself. He looks like a shell of himself. He doesn't look happy or content at with, all. with where he is. At all. There's another um, clip that I was going to play. Have you seen that clip where, where um, she starts filming him and he, he looks pissed off? I don't know no, if you've no, seen that clip. Please play. I haven't uh, seen it. Hold on, let me. Oh, yeah, I found it. This is the clip. So I think this is another clip that was recently released. Um, she just starts filming him and she posts it on social media. And you can tell he's pissed. I wish I wish I could show For you. Real? Yeah, that's it. You know Esther Perel is coming to the table. She's going to be at the red table. 
Would you say she has been instrumental in you and I redefining our relationship? I would say don't just start filming me without asking me oh my goodness. if you could film Astaire, me. come help us again, please. I'm still dealing with foolishness. Don't. No, no, she, yeah, because she, like, I wish you could see the look on his face, Eve. He looked, that she helped us he looked bitter. <laughs> my social media presence is my bread and butter, okay? So you can't just use me for social media and not, you know, don't just start rolling. I'm standing in my house. Don't just start rolling. Don't Please watch a stare at the red table because she's helped us a lot. Can't you tell? Yeah, I'll send you the link just just for you to see it. Like he looked, he looked like a broken man. And I don't know my when it comes to like topics of marriage, I'm I'm always so because I'm always still rooting for them. I'm till today I'm still rooting for them. I I I feel like there's nothing you can't overcome. As much as I feel like she has emasculated him in many ways, um, there's still something to be said, right, about the fact that they've still managed to somehow still hold their marriage together. They haven't separated from each other. Uh, I, I mean, in your estimation, is 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 that is there something to is there is there any redeeming quality about that? The fact that they like it sounds like they're still trying to figure it out. Right, or, or or is this or is this one of those marriages that you feel like should just go in the in the dustbin and divorce should be only be the the answer at this point? Uh, I'm not a, a fan of divorce, and I think there there are only a very few limited situations where you should take that route. Um, I think for me, from what I can see, because we we don't really know, right? Like what yeah. really goes on behind closed doors, but. You know they have opened the doors, so you do know some. Yeah. But from from what I can see, it doesn't seem like they have a real marriage. And I think that they they first of all need to define redefine their marriage as something that is real, because right now it's not real. I think they have an arrangement, and that arrangement has carried them this far, but it's clearly falling apart. And I think yeah. where they need to 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 go from here is basically either defining their relationship as a real marriage, not an open one, because that that doesn't make any sense. Or they go their separate ways and you know just agree that you know, this thing was a failed experiment. Because for people that define their relationship in the, in in um, in terms of seeking their own happiness, yeah, the, the thing was just doomed from the beginning. That's not yeah. what a marriage is you're 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 not there for yourself you're there for everybody else for your, your children for your partner and then they in turn are there for you so i think they just failed from the beginning because they don't understand what marriage is as an institution yeah it's unfortunate um and i feel for will smith because i i think he he was mentioned that one of his biggest regrets was leaving his like he he's always been against the idea of leaving your wife. He, till today, he talks about the fact that he never wanted to leave, to leave his first wife. His first wife pretty much forced him, um, forced his hand, but that he never I actually wanted. don't know the story there. What, what, why did they separate? Do you know? Um, my, I'm guessing he, he used to... Because they had a child. They yeah, had a I child. They had a, they had a son. They had a son. And I'm guessing she used to, he used to cheat around, and he actually even met Jada while he was with her so that, mm -hmm. that's one of those things that 
people don't even remember anymore. He met Jada while he was with her. And he ne- he didn't want the marriage to end. And I, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he talks about his own uh, upbringing, his dad and his mom. And his dad used to be abusive towards his mom. And for the longest time, he felt like he was a coward. He never did enough to protect his 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 mom. And I think he just didn't want to go the way of his of his uh his parents um and I, which is why i think he he really he took he took marriage really seriously so the first one ended and i and i have a feeling that he didn't want to have an, a second failed marriage um and but he also happens to be one of the biggest hollywood stars and the rumor is that you know he's he messes around with other people too so maybe this was his compromise of you know Maybe we just still keep this marriage together. Uh, maybe it was also that perhaps he doesn't want to part with his money too, because he does have a large empire. <laughs> he has a large. Uh, he has a. He's pretty established. I think he has a production company mm-hmm. too. Like he does a lot of big things. I it, think his net worth would far exceed that of Jada, right? Oh, of course, of course. I don't think she came from wealth. Oh mm-hmm. no, of course. Oh, for sure. For sure, I'm you know I'm not taking any way from, anything away from Jada either. She's a she's a decent actor. She's been in some good movies, but Will Smith is a far bigger actor than she is. Um, so he's also the breadwinner. But I don't know, man. I I because I feel like people judge a lot. Um, and I I I I really try not to take a judgmental stance, especially as someone that's married myself. Uh, I I know that it's not the easiest thing. Um, and you're right. You know, I don't think the idea of an open marriage is really something that's tenable. Um, I think it's pointless. <laughs> you might as well, but like, why would, why would you even get into a marriage if that's what you're going to do? But at the same time, I also understand that different people have like their own way of processing. And you also have to also understand that it doesn't mean that they still can't heal from this. So, Honestly, me, I'm, I'm just, I'm rooting for them as just. I think it's possible. I, I think anything is right, like possible with the right mindset. Yeah. I, well, are they ready? That, now, that I don't That's know. That I don't know. But I, I'm rooting for them for it to, because, st- you know, they still have kids here, you know, that are affected by all these things. And, and. One of the kids has filed for emancipation. So oh, uh, was it Jaden? Jaden. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I remember. I think I remember so that. They only have one kid now. <laughs> yeah um yeah man chaotic it's really really chaotic 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 is the word i I think it really speaks to the point you made earlier about you know hollywood essentially painting itself as this paragon of virtue Mm. preaching to the 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 rest of society about this is these are the things you should care about this is how you should live but if you look at their own house it's not in order most of the time and, you know, these things are being promoted as, like, lifestyle choices for other people, but it's clear that it doesn't work a lot of the time. And I remember that one of the comments that um, um, Will had made about their open relationship, he said, for him, this is the greatest expression of love, um, hmm. having an open relationship. <laughs> and at the same time he's like oh no but i wouldn't suggest this for anybody 
but it's also the greatest expression of love. So it's like, which is it? Are you saying that this is like the greatest thing anybody could aspire to? Or are you saying this is not for everybody? So, but the thing is what, what we usually hear is from Hollywood um, couples is like, they're pushing the envelope and encouraging people to try new things. Um, this is the direction that society should be moving in. Yeah. You should be more, if you want to be more progressive and inclusive, yeah. this is the direction you should go in. And, you know, we really need to just take a, a step back and look at what are the results of going in such a direction. Um, yes, to each his own, but then at the same time, what are the results, right? And you yeah. can see in this, the case of Willa Jada, results are not always good. No, they're not. They're not. But then... <clears throat> You also have you. You're gonna have again. This is me kind of playing devil's advocate. You're gonna have other advocates that claim. Well, how about the ones that are that are practicing the marriage that the way that, that they should be practiced? Uh, are those bringing out all the best outcomes too? You see what I'm saying? Like and like you know, clubhouse for instance, people bringing up our parents' marriages, like our parents' generations, the older generations' marriages. And talking about how yes, those ones they they stayed in their their marriages, but they were also subjected to all kinds of abuse. And and they use that to justify why people should be more open minded to other forms of ex- expressing one's uh, marriage or something. I mean, what would you say to those people? I think that's a fair push because you're essentially saying. Um, the same thing that I just said, look at the results. You're also saying on the other side, for yeah. the more conventional or traditional marriages, yeah. look at the results. Um, so I think it's a fair push. But what I will say is, um, at least from what I've seen, when it's done well, mm-hmm. it has massively outsized positive results. And you can even see it in the research that's been done on yes. the outcomes of kids from two-parent stable yes. homes versus other kinds of setups. And when you know that something has worked for generations on generations, um, why would you try to fix something that's not broken? What we should be trying to do is making sure that the, the, um, the abuses are minimized. So um, domestic abuse, for example, oppressive relationships, fixing those problems rather than attacking the institution itself. I don't think the institution itself is broken. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's broken either. I, I don't. And you're right. There are there are people that are doing it right. And you see the results. You see those results. Um but it's tough, man. It's tough, especially in this day and age with, you know, all the distractions that we have, social media, the news, movies telling us all kinds of alternative ways to to look at these things. Um, the good thing is that, you know, in America, you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Um, but you also have to think of the consequences. Um, I think the end result, going back to this Chris Rock slap, I think the end result, um, some people have justified it by saying that this was him wanting to pr- protect his wife. What he ended up doing was bringing more ridicule to his wife. First of all, comedians are, yeah. st- are still insulting Jada. It's not going to stop people from still make cracking jokes. He's brought even more of a spectacle. Oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, oh yeah. Because you know, comedians they rally around each other. Yeah. What he's pretty much done the opposite of what he wanted to do. Like he, he, they were saying he was trying to honor his wife. 
no, this is going to bring more dis- more dis- dishonor to his whole family. And I think that's unfortunate. Um, I think, in a sense, Will became the joke that night. He was the joke, that, which is why I was so impressed yeah. with, with, with Chris Rock not responding. He handled it uh, like a professional. Class act. He, he like yeah. that. He's In very. Fact, they should double whatever they paid him for that ah, hosting gig. Hey, I think it. it was Jim Carrey that said it. That if it was him, he would have sued that guy the next one for two hundred million dollars. I'm like, that's a serious assault in front of so many people. You know, um, but I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. I think we've. I think we've kind of exhausted this topic. Did you want to touch on any other thing in regards to this this topic? Yeah, I, I think just tangential to this, but I think you, you alluded to it earlier that, you know, Hollywood has been on the decline. And I think yes. people are, even if it's not a conscious realization, but subconsciously people are realizing that Hollywood these days is just, you know, it's tending towards more propaganda mm-hmm. and just pushing a certain viewpoint yep. rather than actually making good movies, good stories that people want to watch. The days of the indiana jones you know star wars is gone saga like the lord of the rings um trilogy those days are gone these days there's it's like message first and then they build the cast and the story around that and that's that's why nobody was watching the oscars yeah and 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 have you noticed that have you noticed that they also tend to kind of force certain characters in in these movies like this it's almost like there's Every show now always has to have a gay person or it has to have some kind of character that they feel is underrepresented. Yeah. And it seems uh, to... A person of color. Yeah. And a woman or a um, it, it just sexual doesn't seem, minority. Yeah. It just doesn't seem honest anymore. And like I've noticed like in certain certain movies where it's like certain roles that typically, traditionally, you see... Traditionally, men would would play those roles because that's what mirrors what we what we see in real life. You start to see more women. It's almost like they're trying to overcompensate for it. Yes, like like those this those, this show that I was watching recently, Slow Horses. It's on Apple TV, and I realized that all like the it's about the MI MI five, the UK um, Secret Service people, and I noticed that. All like the heads were either like well like either a black woman or a white woman like all the the chiefs, and I'm thinking. I mean, how, how realistic is that? That's not really, really realistic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I still I still enjoy the show. It doesn't really take any doesn't take that much away from the show. But sometimes it just feels like they force these things inside, um, and I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it doesn't it just doesn't seem honest. That's, that's like doing. That's like making a movie about the the eighteen hundreds set in France, yeah. and then making the even if it's a fictional story, like making the king like a black guy. Have you heard of? Like, Br- it just makes no sense. Have you heard, Have you heard of Bridgerton? Yes, I've seen the show. I've seen the show. Did I you like it? Thought that, I actually thought that the way they they did the it was clever representation right? there was clever. Yes, okay. because it's a black queen. In uh, clearly it's set in England, yes. you know, and um, it's a fictionalized um, setting, but it's definitely set in England. It's a black queen. However, the, the way that they explained it was that she became queen because the, the the king decided to marry her, and then based on the fact that he 
married a black woman, yeah. it raised the status of black people in society. Oh, okay. so, so it was saying, like an alternate reality that, type of thing. Yes, okay. exactly. So they weren't saying that, oh, this this white, <laughs> predominantly white um, English town or city or, or country um, has a black queen just for no reason. They actually explained like, okay. this is the reason why. Oh, you know? It makes sense. So it's, it's a historical, but it made sense in this fictionalized setting. But but other other um, properties, I don't see them doing that. They just kind of shoehorn. Either it's a woman in a role that clearly needs to be played by a, a man, mm-hmm. or it's a, a black person in a role that, for no reason, you like for for in a in. The real world, you wouldn't see a black you person there. Normally, see there was there was a point yeah. that they were talking about putting Idris Elba as James Bond, which in my mind yeah. I'm thinking he would. I mean, he's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. Everybody but, loves him. But the whole idea of James Bond is supposed to be this guy that kind of blends in the crowd, and he's not really noticed nondescript, especially in like all these like European countries where it's mostly white men, you know. Yeah. And but you have, I mean, unless unless you know it's it's an operation that's happening in Africa. But if it's outside of Africa, I I I think if you're James Bond and you're a yeah you say oh but you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb, like they're gonna see like coming <laughs> coming from from a mile away. But I mean, at the end of the day, man, look yeah. the, what I tell people is, and and this is why I've I've been so inspired to like want to get into movie making is. At the end of the day, I cannot rely on someone to come and tell the stories that I want to tell. If I want to see those stories, then we have to take that initiative to build our industry so that we can we can make the kind of movies that we want to make. Um, mm. and, and that's that's kind of like my own take on representation. Whenever they try to say, you know, Hollywood should be more representative, uh, I, I don't. I, I think sometimes it's overrated. You can't force it. I don't yeah. think you can force it. I think it needs to be more organic. It, it does. And it's, you know, because the thing is, people keep talking about, oh, you need more representation, but it's not like all the movies that have been made in, for the past 40 years in Hollywood have just been all white people oh. and black sleep. Yeah. Like, you've had movies with black leads. Yeah. You've had movies with female leads that have been successful. Yeah. Um. You may, I mean, you've had ones that have not been successful, ones that have been successful, but, you know, there's been a mix. It's not that, you know, the, the movie executives in Hollywood are just sitting there like, oh, we only want white men to be in our movies. I know. <laughs> that, it's not, that's, it's just a, it's a certain way of viewing the world that is just from a colored lens. Yeah. And it's inaccurate. Yeah. You I, know, and I, it's I very think, hard. I think if, if, it feels see. very, it's like a tokenization of, of black characters. And I think that's, that's kind of what rubs me the wrong way. It's like, when you're, you're just throwing in that character there, I, I, I just, I want you to just tell your story from an honest place. And, yeah. and if it's about getting that representation, like most of the characters, like the Nigerian or African characters that I see, like the Will Smith movie where, where um, he played this Nigerian man. I don't know if you saw a concussion. It, mm, it didn't yeah, re- I haven't seen it, but I think he was supposed to be a surgeon. Yeah, he was supposed to be a surgeon. It didn't mm. seem very representative to me. Like his accent wasn't even; it was all over the place, and he was still nominated <laughs> for an Oscar. And but I didn't, like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, oh no, it has to be played by, 
by a Nigerian man. No, it didn't matter to me. Yeah, I'm not the one putting the the movie t- together. And when I when eventually when when it's time for us to tell our stories, you know, I, I would hope that it it comes from African creators that can actually tell yeah. authentic stories. That that's my hope, anyways. Um, but I feel like we beat this topic to death. Um, let me let me let me get on a quick break uh, i'm gonna play this track really quickly and then we're gonna get get into some other topics um this is this track is oh first of all the first track is sungba remix for those that don't know that's uh this this new guy this ashake ashake guy is pretty new on the scene um and he featured he featured Bernard Boy on the remix, but this track is another track that's been that's been kind of huge. Um, it's called Finesse, uh, and this is the acapella version that I personally like. Uh, it's a very unserious song, but I but I like I like I like the track though. So I'll be back in a second. Check this out. I've been living fast life, but I see it in slow. Oh no, when you see my lifestyle, I got G's on the table. See many people there outside where they feed my zobo. Oh no, me I stand the defender like Joseph. But girl says she want Netflix and chill. So I just see keep on wanting. If you fall in love, girl, it's a thing. You go to breakfast, I'm not capping. Can you see I'm not faking this, no focusing. You see these feelings, I'm not catching. I'm a best of it, I just want it. Sorry, that my internet cropped out on me. But that was a uh, finesse by uh, Fields. It's a pretty big song in Nigeria right now. Um, Nigeria, we're really doing we're doing huge things with Afrobeat. Although that's a topic for another day. But 
Yeah, that guitar riff was amazing. No, I know. You stuck to that though, at the best part. I know, I know. It was my internet crapped out on me. I think because I have so too much going on on my laptop right now. Um, but that he's that was he, really good. He's I've a, never heard it before. You've never heard it. Okay. You've never heard finesse. No. Uh, no. no, he's this producer called Fields, and he's produced a lot of like hits in the past. But no one really took him seriously as a solo artist. But he released this song this year called Finesse, featuring Buju. And the song blew up on TikTok, on social media, and it, it's still. I think wait, feels, feels, um, did Buju? Or wait, no, no. he said like there's a song called Buju. No, so the name of the song Fields. I just played right now is Finesse. Mm-hmm. It's by Feels featuring Buju. Featuring Buju, okay, yeah. got it, got it. Yeah, featuring okay. Buju. Um, and it's funny, wait. When you hear the original version of the song, like it sounds like this love song, but it's actually a song about. It's just a very unserious song, but it's a it's a nice tune though. Um, but yeah, he's really talented, as you can see, really really talented talented guy. Uh, and we're seeing so many art, art. I think Nigeria is just overflowing with musical talent. I, honestly, I feel like that's, we have more than our fair share. I feel like that's like one of our few saving graces right now. This this music industry where people are breaking out and creating like you know anthems that the rest of the world are, are, is consuming. I, I, I it's one of the few kind of like uh, one of the few uh, bright spots that are coming out of Nigeria, that and the, um, I guess the, the Niger Silicon Valley, you know, that's also the, yeah, some the tech space. Yeah. The, yeah. The tech space. That's another, another place that's kind of supposed to be thriving, even right. though, um, Flutterwave was recently rocked with the scandals, but, uh, that's a topic for another day. I'm not fully read up on that topic yet. Um, but yeah, um, I was going to talk about, I was going to get into this. So we were talking about Will Smith earlier on. And it's funny because the, the night that that slap happened, that he slapped Chris Rock, uh, I happened to have been suspended from Twitter. It was some, something really, really silly. Uh, I think it was... Um, I don't know if you saw this video clip of this Nigerian artist, uh, Dior. No, no, sorry. Sorry, not, not Dior. Ruger. He was performing this Dior song on stage. Have Have you seen that clip? Of mm, no, of regard doing what? He was performing this song on stage, right? <clears throat> and this girl comes and grabs at his genitals, literally. Like hmm? he, she attempts to like, grab. Is him. she is she a fan or it, it was a fan? Dancer? No, it was a fan. And like wow, and it wasn't like it wasn't like tap or anything. It was like a. It was almost like. She, it was an assault, essentially. My goodness. Like she, and it was like very. You could tell she was probably wasted. Tried to yeah. grab it, very, you know, and it was so bad that he, the guy, stopped singing and he looked at her and he walked off the stage. It was is embarrassing. Wow, now. that's terrible. <clears throat> so it was one of those video clips that were making the rounds on Twitter, and I commented on it. And I think what I, what I said was I was like I was like if it was me I would have punched off her, her arm. Like I'll have, you know, if someone's trying to assault me, I'm going to defend myself. Mm. Um, and I and I I guess maybe because I somehow got entrapped in one of their algorithms. The minute mm. I tweeted it, it suspended my account. 
for wow. 24 hours. And I, of course, I'm not tripping. It's Twitter. I don't I don't need to. Twitter is not by force. And it, they can run their space however they want to run it. But I'm bringing this up to say, and that was why I think the night of uh, March 27th, I couldn't, like the minute it happened, I couldn't even tweet my reactions about it. I'm like, these people have suspended me. It was almost like they knew that I had, I had opinions about this thing. But the point I'm trying to make is that Twitter, uh, social media platforms, a lot of them, they have all these algorithms where they, they, they tend, they, the conversations, they tend to skew the conversations in certain ways. And this is where I want to talk about Elon Musk. Um, <clears throat> he's had his concerns about freedom of speech on internet platforms. And recently he made an, he acquired, I think, 9.2% of Twitter, which is one of the biggest platforms. I think it's top 20 big biggest platforms. Uh, I believe they have over 300 million accounts. And he came in to talk about how he feels like, if, you know what? I'll just play the clip. This is this is Elon Musk on his um, on on his sense of how to treat a public platform like Twitter. Public, my my strong intuitive sense is that uh, having a public platform that is maximally trusted um, and 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 and, inc and and broadly inclusive um, is extremely important to the future of civilization. But you've, um, you've described I, yourself. I, I don't care about the economics at all. You, okay, that's, that's cool to hear. Yeah, so basically he, he's coming out saying that he wants to buy Twitter and he wants to make it a private company. Um, because as we all know, we, we've all seen this bias with a lot of these social media platforms. There are people that have gotten, like I, I told you about myself, I got suspended for 24 hours for something that, was so, that I considered to be benign. Me protecting myself against a hypothetical sexual assaulter. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess because maybe they, they saw Punch and her in it, they, they suspended me. And they do this all the time with all sorts of other topics. Topics that people have strong opinions on. Um, a lot of people have been getting banned. There's this other... But, but you know, the, I think for me the issue is not so much, or not only that they're banning people, but it's that it's selective. Select. So, you know, you have people who are trans activists, for example, that on a daily basis are sending death threats um, to JK Rowling and yes. nobody does anything about it. But, you know, someone says something about um, defending themselves and immediately they're banned or suspended. So it's just, it's the bias. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. So... Are you aware of their justification for why they enforce those rules that way? No, what's the justification? The justification is they do it based on this uh, power dynamic scale. And they say because the trans community is, is the most, uh, is the minority and they're, they're like, what's the term that they marginalized. use? They're marginalized. Their actions and their words towards someone like J.K. Rowling who's rich and is not a trans, is it, it doesn't have the same kind of harm as someone with her kind of power doing it towards a marginalized group. And that's that's what they use to justify these 
these actions that they take and it's it's not just twitter it's, it's what they Facebook. call punching punching, punching up down. versus punching down exactly punching up so versus- is this something that twitter has actually like said that this is their policy they've they've talked about it they haven't you see and this is this is part of what elon musk also got into he, he talked about the fact that they, they they say different things, but they they're not fully transparent with how the algorithms mm, work. Transparency, yeah. And 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 I'm gonna play this quick clip where he talks about. Uh, okay, I think this is the clip. Hold on. And a good sign as to whether so, there is free speech is, uh, is, is someone you don't like allowed to say something you don't like, and if that is the case, then we have free speech. And it's, it's damn annoying when someone you don't like says something you don't like. That is a sign of a healthy, functioning, uh, free speech situation. Yeah, okay. So uh, it was the wrong clip, but it, that, it, that clip is still relevant. What I was trying to say was that Elon Musk had talked about how the, uh, the algorithm isn't transparent and that if he was to take it over, he would actually make the algorithm for how they do these rules. And who, what you get to see, I want you. He will make it transparent. He will put it on like online for everyone to see, so that at least we all know and we understand. The problem with Twitter is that they they don't make any of that public. It's very opaque. It's very very opaque, very opaque. And, and arbitrary because they change it overnight, and you don't know what's going on. You don't. You really don't know. And there's so many people that have gotten uh banned there's so many people and shadow banned shadow banned um is yeah exactly you know they have these they have these mechanisms that they have where they can promote certain people and they can kind of like suppress suppress suppress. that's that's they'll suppress suppress. suppress. but then you don't even know and sometimes you don't know unless someone within the company tells you and you have these people in twitter and it's funny because i've done uh, an episode about this. I talked about how Twitter is not a real place, and the reason why. And I think I talked about how, you know, it's it's usually this vocal minority of people that go on Twitter and they try to proliferate their ideas, which has its own values too, right? People that <coughs> maybe may not have a voice in the real world, they get to at least spread it in on a platform like Twitter. But what then what ends up happening is that. Only this small minority of people are the most vocal, and then usually those turn into something else. Like it turns into like policy changes, uh, where politicians want to like be activists on behalf of these people, and they start making tweaks in society. And it's happened; it's been happening. This is don't get me wrong. When I say Twitter is not a real place, I don't consider it to be a real place because it's not representative of necessarily how the world works. Twitter, yes, this is not representative. Tw- Twitter has over three hundred million users, and apparently. From what I heard, I think there's only about twenty percent of active users. So that already tells and even you even a smaller percentage of that will actually be, be representative. You know, prioritized eggs, at any point in time. Eggs. You see where I'm going with this. So mm. even though it's not a real place, it doesn't doesn't mean it still doesn't have its 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 effects on society. They they yeah. have it's had its effect for sure. For sure. And Twitter is one of these, again, when I was going back to this whole, you know, um, going back to what I said earlier about cracks in the matrix, one of the instruments that's used to wield power and wield influence are these social media platforms that the powers have used. Um, 
And Twitter happens to be one of the more powerful ones. When most people want to get their news, they go on Twitter. You know, when I wanted to confirm what happened with Will Smith, first place I went to Twitter. Um, all these news publications, they all they they they're all still operating because of Twitter, because no one is waiting to get their newspaper in the news anymore. Uh, the next morning, if you want to know, you go right there, you find out. So all of them, all these news publications, a lot of the journalists, they're all on Twitter. That's where they get to like put out their articles and you know put out information as quickly as possible. So my point is that these social media platforms wield so much influence. And the fact that this Elon Musk guy has come in and decided that he wants to take it over, it's being seen as a serious threat. It's so much of a threat that there's this one news organization that they, they, they put out a, a video and they didn't realize that they were they were casting themselves. This is a uh, the, is Morning Joe. It's one of the mainstream outlets, uh, cable news outlets. Uh, and they were talking about why Elon Musk, they can't afford to have Elon Musk on Twitter. Like, th this is a real threat to them. And people don't realize, but check this out. Who were Trump voters and are still Trump supporters. They go, yeah, you guys are going crazy. He's doing, what are you so surprised about? He's doing exactly what he said he's going to do. Well, and I think that the dangerous, you know, edges here are that he's trying to undermine the media, trying to make up his own facts, and it could be that while unemployment and uh, the, the economy worsens, he could have undermined the messaging so much that he can actually control right. uh, exactly what people think. And that if, is the that is our you, job. Yeah. If you did you did you catch that? He can control what people think, but that is our job. They said the, the, the quiet part out loud. Yep. They said the yep. quiet part out loud. And I want people to understand that this thing has tentacles. It's not just about social media. It's about power. It's about influence. It's about the information wars. It's about our cultural wars going on right now. And Twitter is just one of those tools, one of those instruments that has been used to bludgeon us, to, to suppress people's points of views and to make it seem like this is how people think but when that's actually not the case and uh it, it was just when, when when i saw that clip i'm like wow she didn't realize what she said she said it is our it is our job to control what is when your subconscious is speaking yeah. it, it was like a freudian sleep slip she just yep. she just said it and wow when she said that i was like man you, you know that they are like this thing has tentacles within our political structures the entire establishment right and they're all it's like it's it goes they all go hand in hand with each other because they, they kind of sustain each other um you can't have politics without media you can't have uh, media yep. without politics and same with hollywood um, which is why hollywood too has a lot of influence in our politics yes, too exactly it's a very ancestral relationship and um like it's it's very clear why the traditional media is all up in arms they're all you know running like headless chickens now that they've heard, they've heard this news but what i actually heard a take from um some i think it was matt walsh um from the okay. daily wire daily wire recently about this yeah and he he made a i think a really good point he said what people are afraid of is not that elon musk is going to come and you know censor the left because yeah. everyone knows he's not like a right-wing yeah. extremist he's more of a libertarian he's clear that he's not right yeah. exactly so so why would people that are 
in favor of free speech be upset that someone who is also in favor of free speech is taking over Twitter. Like it just shows you where their um, loyalties lie, where their interests yeah. lie. Yeah. It, it is that they're, they're angry that the right is no longer going to be censored. Yep. That's what they're upset about. Fear. They won't have the control to censor. One of the biggest right fears now. is that they're going to bring back Donald Trump, which, you know, I, I'm I, like, it's not like I'm like the biggest fan of Donald Trump, but I didn't think he should have been removed from Twitter. They removed a sitting U.S. president and yeah. banned him from Twitter. That to me was unprecedented. And they, he's not that the only one. That was another of those um, shattering the matrix moments, yes. I think, for me. To yes. Be yes, it was. Um, it was. It was really a funny When thing. that happened, I'm like, what? People don't realize how much collusion is going on between the media and some of these political powers and some of these world globalist powers. There's so much collusion going on. And you start to, you start to see them coordinate together. That's when you start to realize, like, ah, you guys are scared. You guys are mm. scared. Uh, and it wasn't just Trump. It was people like COVID skeptics, for instance. Do you remember that time when, pe when people were getting banned for saying that, um, that the COVID vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent you from... I, I could even still get banned as I'm saying this, but people were saying that the COVID vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent you from spreading it. Mm -hmm. And there were a trail of people that got banned. Yeah. Like lots of they were people. they were very heavy handed in their censorship and <laughs> you know, their 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 rationale for it at that time was you know this is a life and death issue it's a it's a public health risk it's a national health risk you can't say things like that and um, I mean call me a conspiracy <laughs> theorist but I think those what what we saw with COVID was laying the groundwork for future um, censorship. Oh, yeah. So it's like if people oh, yeah. can it was, get it was, it was a training ground, training ground, exactly. training ground exercise. You get get the public used to something like this, and you know it wasn't just the, the government. At some point, it was even fellow citizens were censoring each other yeah. and people yelling each other down on Twitter. No, Can you imagine. can't say that. You can't say something like that. And it's really showing you what the future could look like if yeah. we get to a point where it's a, a point of uh, no return. Where yep. the um, the people who are dissenters are no longer able to just scare their views anymore. Yep. It will make it seem as if everybody agrees with the mainstream narrative. Yeah. Well, in actual fact, a lot of people don't, but they're just afraid to say it. Like, it's crazy, um, but man. It looks like everyone agrees with the mainstream narrative, but it's not true. It, it's it's really crazy. Like I even had some friends because I remember when the Elon Musk news first came out. You don't know how long I've been waiting for news like this <clears throat> because I'm one of those people that all, all my friends know I'm constantly railing against the media. People are always like, this guy, what is media, media that you're talking about? Like, what is it? I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, this media is, is not just a media. Like, this is, this, these are propagandists that we, we're seeing working. And I'm always trying to explain it to them that the media is more than just the news that you see. It's everything that you consume in terms of information social media google i mean there, there was a time that people were complaining about twitter and after that whole um, banning trump thing and they were like well twitter is a private company go and build your own company so they went someone had put this parlor app together and people started joining the parlor app and what did they do they pulled the rug under them too 
they they blocked them from servers because they 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 feared that people were going on parlor to go and uh, spread uh, election misinformation and stuff like that. So they they. they Wait, so they blocked their servers? Yes. So they're, they're stopping people from accessing yes. Parler. Yes. Like, Parler was, Parler was, um, they, they, they got shut down. Like, they couldn't operate. And you know who controls all that? It's, it's the big companies like Google. Yeah, Google and Amazon. Yeah. And you know, and, and so they weren't even able to, because that, that was what happened. They weren't able to gain the momentum from after Donald Trump got removed from Twitter. Because the minute that happened, people were just people were going on parlor and they, they they started getting a lot of signups, and then before you know it, the app was unavailable, and they were saying because mm. of concerns about you know because it was after January six now, so they used that to justify it. P- people don't understand I, what's been going on. Yeah, you about to say? I actually think um, I mean there there's a fair argument to say that these days you don't really know what is what is fake news and what is real news anymore um so like what they're basically trying to do is ensure that what is the mainstream narrative has actually been fact checked which is a noble objective but remember that they are the cause of the problem yeah if the news had been reliable in the first First place place. people would not have lost trust in it and Mm -hmm. started going to alex jones looking for real facts yeah yeah. Like the news over the last failed. Um, decade or so, they've just abandoned actually presenting facts mm-hmm. and they've started becoming extremely biased and people recognize that. And it's because of that that people now look to other independent sources. And the problem is that these independent sources, nobody's really sure who's 100%. Yeah. But then the, the same news, news media that's now saying, oh, we need to make sure that everything is fact-checked they need to fix their own house. If they fix their own house, people would trust them. I don't, I don't even know, honestly, how you fix it uh, from now on because I feel like the, the glass has been irreparably broken. People just don't trust the government anymore. They don't trust the, the news media anymore. But I think instead of them trying to police everybody else, they should focus on being the best source of truth. Yes. Like, don't force people. When people see that you're actually reporting what is real, then they'll come to you. Yeah. Look at the, 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 the BLM riots in the U.S., mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. The media was reporting one thing. People that were in the, those neighborhoods were reporting a completely different narrative. Yeah. How are people going to trust you like that? Yeah. So they need to turn to their own house, so, put their house in order, and then people will come. I think to be just to play a little bit of devil's advocate, I do think, you know, because I, I don't want to just beat on the media just for the for beating on them sake, but the the industry the way the industry has evolved like the media industry um there was certain there was a certain pressure put on them to to evolve with the times so what happened was people used to get their their information from newspapers they wait till the next day the next morning and to confirm if something was true with the advent of social media it put pressure on them because it was much easier to access and confirm things and because they weren't able to pivot as quickly you know um i think it put pressure on them so what would happen is you know people people were only relying on clicks it, it, it became click click driven the, like the media 
industry became click driven. And as a result, instead of like the traditional new system where it doesn't necessarily have to be flashy, there's no agenda, it's just the boring old facts and the facts of the matter. What happened was that people online they were more likely to click on like more controversial or more divisive mm, sensational settings. Se- sensational uh news or or, mm. or news that confirmed their own personal beliefs. Yeah. So as a result, that traditional form, it's not that they can't do it, is that it's not profitable. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's why and, and that and you know it doesn't mean that they still don't have an agenda. The traditional news media, they still have an agenda. But I think that's part of what broke the media. Um, it, it was this advent of social media. And, you know, there was a time when most people were getting their news from Facebook at one point, which is yeah. which is why there was so much attention turned to Facebook because, you know, they, be, they became like the the big the big dogs. It was, it was no yeah. longer this traditional... It's like how... Um uh, video killed the the radio star. In this yes. case, Facebook news killed the traditional news. Yes. Um. So there was a lot of pressure on them, and what they ended up doing was they instead of trying to just be more as objective as possible, which they could have, they could have just been as objective as possible. And if people recognize that these people had a uh, good intent, people would have eventually still been drawn towards them but instead what they did was they went the other way and they started trying to play to certain audiences it's almost like they gave up on the idea of objectivity and they started mm. playing to their audiences so you have traditional news media now where they're playing even like you know long-held institutions like new york times we, we used to be like the bastion of journalism mm-hmm. you see certain headlines on on their website now yeah just like what's going on here and you realize that oh they they're really just playing to like the, the liberal new york crowd the, mm-hmm. the kind of person that you see there and and what they end up not realizing is that they miss so much there's so much more opportunity that they're missing out on but i guess because they were under pressure and you know they weren't able to you know some some sometimes you're not able to see beyond like the beyond yourself sometimes you can only I'm not yeah. trying to make excuses for them, but I'm, I'm, no, no. I, honestly, like I agree with your analysis. To be honest, because when you look at it that way, it it, it only makes sense because hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Exactly. When you look at it that way, it it makes a lot of sense how they ended up where they ended up. Yeah. And I think hundred percent, I agree with you. They, they must have been at least to some extent following the bread trail. That yeah. was already there, yeah. coming from social media. So, you know, some of these things are inevitable. Yeah, the, the Kodak, Kodak was not able to respond when digital, you know, came exactly. around. Um, exactly. Black, Blackberry didn't survive. So, some things uh, it's inevitable that they're gonna have to change. But yeah. I think, like you said, they, they didn't. They didn't necessarily have to go that way. It was still to. a choice. Yeah. Some of them would have. Some of them wouldn't have survived. But I think overall, the industry would have been better for it. It would have been the better The only off. thing is, I mean, I mean, for individual companies and shareholders, that's not their business, right? Their, yeah. their, their business is, we're trying to go where the money is. trying to make money. Yeah. We're trying to make money. And uh, it's yeah. unfortunate. But I, I think this this Elon Musk development is, is really significant. They, they're already 
looking for ways to stop him. I don't know if you saw something else came out recently where they uh, they're trying to implement something called the poison pill. So Twitter. So for those that don't know, Elon Musk came out and said that I'm offering you guys 41 billion to buy your company. Um, I'm valuing your company at like 54 dollars a share, 54.20 a share. Uh, and prior to that, I think the share was at like 39 dollars. So when he made the announcement that he had like a significant portion of shares, people bought into it because people respect Elon. And all these people that have been complaining about the lack of free speech rights in these on these platforms, they all came out and obviously people respect Elon. So their stock price went up and he came out and he said that he's looking to buy them out. And you see this traditional news media they, they have been freaking out. Um, something else came out recently where they said that the, the Twitter board, they announced that it's... Okay, so l- let me give you the, the kind of like the run of how things went. So he came out, he said he had 9.2% stake in the company. They offered him a board seat. He rejected the board seat because if he got on the board, he would have been limited to only 15%. Uh, stake, meaning he wouldn't have been able to get like a majority of shares uh, up to 51%. So he rejected the board seat and instead he just came back out and proposed to buy the whole company. Now, the Twitter board, they have an obligation, a, f- a f- fiduciary duty to their shareholders, right? They have to actually assess if this is a good deal or not. And Guys, hello. Yes, so the, one of the one of the other people that have a big stake on on Twitter came out. He happens to be one of these Saudi prince oligarchs. And he was like, no, that's not enough. I mean, there was all sorts of things that were happening. I'm, but I'm like, since when did Saudi oligarchs have such a vested interest in Twitter? And you start to start realizing that this is, is more than just the United States. This is like a globalist agenda that's working here. And then before you know it, uh, shortly after, another group, the Vanguard Group. Are you, have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah. Vanguard so Asset Management Group. Yes, Vanguard. Asset Management Group. All of a sudden, they they had they they bought up, started buying up shares. Now they have, uh, now they're the biggest share shareholder. They have like ten percent over over Elon Musk. And I think Blackstone is also in there. Blackstone is the other asset management group to, to that's been buying up things. People, you guys should look up these two groups. Blackstone, Vanguard. They own everything in the world. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. They own everything. They run everything. Uh, we, we don't. It's not clear exactly who is behind this. To me, they just seem like a shadowy group. Um, real estate, Blackstone, they, they own like a significant portion of American real estate. They're just buying up everything. And it's kind of crazy. But these are some of these shadowy powers behind the scenes. But it, 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 it was almost like they were showing their hand. Like there was, you could tell this was very panicky of them. You know, here's this company that hasn't really been making money like that. They're not really, they're not as profitable as they should be. And it's been like that for years. But for some reason, you guys are all of a sudden clutching your pearls because Elon, Elon Musk wants to buy this thing. And then recently, I think this was yesterday, there was another announcement that was made. The Twitter board announced that its board of directors has unanimously adopted a limited duration shareholder rights plan. The rights plan is intended to enable all shareholders to realize the full value of their investment in Twitter. 
And oh, sorry, correction by the way. I think it's Black Rock and not Blackstone. I made a mistake. Sorry, Black there. Rock, Black Rock, Black yeah. Rock. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Black that's Rock. Larry, Larry, Larry Fink. Larry Fink, Abib. Yeah, I think it's here. Black Rock. Blackstone is also in the same industry, but they're not as big. They're not as big. Okay. And then important, the right plan will reduce the likelihood that any entity, person, or group gains control of Twitter through market accumulation without paying all shareholders an appropriate control premium or without providing the board sufficient time to make informed judgment. The point I'm trying to make here is, and apparently this is what they call a poison pill in investment talk. It's like, it's a way to kind of protect the, the board members from losing control of the, of the company, which this in itself is like, you're shooting yourself in the foot because it's almost like, they Chris, can you explain it in plain English? Because it seems like a lot of financial jargon. <coughs> what this means in plain English is that they're saying that regardless of what happens, okay, so the simplest way to put it is Elon Musk is trying to do a hostile takeover. And the way it works is he's giving them an offer. This board, they're supposed to act in the best interest of the shareholders. So if it's really a good deal, they have to accept it. But they're doing everything that they can not to accept this deal or not to have him be on the board because they're scared of the fact that <clears throat> they won't be able to co control narratives as easily anymore. That's just my own feeling. So they're doing all this stuff, all like this poison pill thing that they're doing, for instance, is that if they reject the deal, what happens is Elon Musk would pull his shares. And if he pulls his shares, the stocks will, will crash. That could potentially put Twitter at risk of going bankrupt. If, if it crashes, if it craters bad enough, it, it, it could really be bad. And what happens then is that if the stock, if the price of that stock falls low enough, Elon can decide to buy up even more because now he has more leverage. He can buy up even more up until the point that he gets to 51% of which he will own the company anyways. That's what's going on here. That's the game that's going on here is that they're trying to prevent him from getting to 51%. Now, they realize that. So what they've done is they've put this thing called the poison pill so that no, no matter what, no one will be able to own the company. And by doing that, it's not clear that they're necessarily acting in the best interest of all the shareholders. That's where yeah, like how? Why would they? What would be the benefits for them? That's where doing that from a financial perspective. There, there is no benefit whatsoever, but they're willing to take that risk. And what happens usually when when the people go down this line, then that's when lawsuits can start taking place. Shareholders mm, can start can saying that. It can go to the SEC. It can go to the SEC. It gets really messy. It, I mean, this thing could <clears throat> it could be stuck in litigation for a while. But the point I'm trying to make is that they're doing this over a company that's not even doing very well. They, mm -hmm. they, there's 300 million people on Twitter and it's only like 20% active users, less than 20%. It's, it's, this yeah. isn't, so this idea that you would suddenly go through this extent, it's... It's clear that it's not just money involved, right? That's what it's, I'm saying. It's not just about money anymore. This is a battle over... <coughs> It really is. It really. This is like. This is. This is why. I, this is like why I said this is another crack in the matrix. Whoever wins mm -hmm. this fight could determine how America goes going. Um, goes going forward. How American yeah. politics shift. Because 
Uh, another thing that they're scared of is that he's going to bring the back the world, by the way, because you know Twitter is not just uh, yes. America. Now. Yes, it's yeah. the world. Which is why I brought that Saudi oligarch. Where it's just like, why is this guy suddenly? They're, they're scared because they have that control mm-hmm. right now, and and I think this is one of those things that we have to really pay very close close attention. Even if you're not a Twitter person, this this is a this is a bigger battle that's going on here, of battle of control of the flow of information. And they're scared that if Elon takes over, a lot of their agendas won't be able to, to get pushed again. They they're already scared that he's going to bring back Donald Trump, you know, and that could have uh, an influence <coughs> on the, the election on, you the, know, on the upcoming elections. Run. Yeah, it could have mm-hmm. an influence on the upcoming elections. And this is just this is where I tip. I I tell people that I I'm starting to have hope. When I saw this news, I already knew what the implications were from the get go. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to have hope that perhaps we're starting to see some resistance. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're starting to see finally people are taking the reins. And um, of course, there are concerns about, you know, someone as rich as Elon Musk having so much power and so much control. But I've been following Elon for a while. I trust him more than I trust him. I'll tell you that much. And as long as he's not doing what they're doing, I'm in favor of him taking over for sure. I trust him more than I trust them. These people, they have... They have censored people. It's not just Trump. Even Buhari, at one point, they they suspended the guy over a base of, of comments, even though that uh, he made controversial comments. But I'm a free speech absolutist. I believe we should be able to dissect everything that anyone says. As long as it's, you're not calling for harm to other people, I believe that we should let it fly. And if, it, if the opinion is that bad, the best... The best, what they say, the best, um, the best antidotes for Kini is sunlight, Abby. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. I, I, forgot, I forgot, you know. You shine, know. shine a light on it. Shine a light. Bring it out into the open. Yes, man. And, you know, I think Musk said it really well. He said, free speech means someone you don't like saying something you don't like. Yep. And they're allowed to say it. Yep. You know, it's not when people that you like are saying things that you agree with. That's not what free speech is. No, so you can't not. measure free speech by how you how much you agree with everyone who's saying things on Twitter. No, it's not. If you are not seeing on a daily basis at least one person saying something that you don't like, then clearly you're in an echo chamber because the whole world cannot agree with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just not possible. So yeah, yeah I, I I don't know if I would call myself a free speech absolutist. Um I don't think I really considered it to that level of depth. Okay. Depth to see that um, I've, I've explored all the, the various um, <laughs> scenarios and implications. But I would say for sure, I think some a platform like Twitter should be accessible to everybody. For sure. The same way it is accessible to people who are advocating that children should transition as early as possible. It's open to mm-hmm. terrorists. It is open to dictators. It is open to, um, you know, pedophiles. Yeah. Apparently, ISIS has an account on Twitter. Everybody else. Yes, yes, <laughs> they like, do. The Taliban. The Taliban yeah, sorry, the Taliban. Has, um, um, uh, account on Twitter. So there are people with despicable views that I don't agree with. I think that their, their views are, are horrible. But as long as they are not advocating that the people should be killed, yeah. hurt, mean, whatever it is, then the view should be out there. Let them be out there so that other people can counter the counter, yeah. In public. Yeah. You I, know? Actually, Let everybody I, be I be evaluated on the merit of their arguments. Yep. 
We I, need to be able to evaluate arguments. I remember the term now. The best disinfectant is sunlight. That's that's what I was trying to remember. Yes. The best disinfectant yes. is sunlight. Yes. <clears throat> it's really, it's really, really concerning, man. And and I know some people are going to argue that, and these are some of the counter arguments that Twitter is a private company and they get to to determine what their their code of conduct is and how they choose to run it, and that we're not actually entitled to free speech on the app, which is true. However, Twitter is Twitter is like a is like a public square. It's it's one of the biggest public squares out there. And even though we're not entitled to it, we, the users, we can demand it. And it is a free market, right? So when someone wants to come and buy it and do the things that we want to do, why are you suddenly scared? You're the one that told us to go and make our own, right? Well, now exactly. we have... Exactly. If, if, it's, if it's a private um, space, then why can't a private person own the space and make different rules from the rules that we have today? Everything is, is up to... A private individuals decisions right yep. so yep it's and just that you don't like it <laughs> that's the thing they don't like it and they they they, they, don't like they, they don't want to lose that power and i think that's the problem and mm. um but i'm i'm really i, I think i'm going to be paying really close attention to this it's one of the biggest really good news uh, it's, it's really good news you don't understand man really like good it's, news. it's huge um but uh I have one more topic. I, did it, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on on, on this matter before we moved on? Um, I, I think the, the last thing I just wanted to say is I, I know, um, I mean, some people are complaining about the fact that oh, it's a billionaire, you know, throwing his money around. He's, he's going to be controlling what people say. Why should it be up to him? But let's not forget that the media has always been controlled by billionaires. Yep. You know, um, the Washington Murdoch, Post is, is, is owned by <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Bezos, exactly. Bezos was Washington Post. And the Washington Post is the, is, is the only newspaper that is like the closest newspaper to Washington, D.C. So it, mm. it, it's close to power. Like it doesn't yeah. get as colluding as that. When you have someone like Jeff Bezos that owns a publication that's that close to the capital of the United States, one of the biggest yeah. seats of power. Ah, come on, man. And then all of a sudden you have a problem with Elon. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. So it's it's just um it's not it's dishonest, right? Because like you're ignoring the, the entire history of media. Media has always been controlled by very wealthy individuals. Yeah. Typically people who are very close to the seat of power. And then all of a sudden now just because it's a wealthy individual who is not close to the seat of power, now there's a problem. When actually this is what people should even be happy about they the should, fact that it's it not someone who's part of the establishment yeah. who is now trying to you know get in and change things. Um, so people who who do really care about democracy should be very happy about the development. But oh, no, you know, this, this, it's clear the people that are opposing it is very clear where they, they stand. Yeah, this 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 it really melted my heart when I heard, and I still don't think Twitter is a real place. But if if Twitter is to be a real place. If there's someone that can get it to that point, I think it would be Elon. Especially if, if the reason why so many people aren't on there is because they're so turned off by it and they're scared to even say what they want. Oh, really I shut say. down my Twitter account. I, I you did, Abby. Like people, mm. people just tuned it off because it was like. But if 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 people get a sense that okay things are fair here, maybe people will be more likely to express their views on there, and you'd have a more representative <coughs> um, view or you know a more representative 
uh, view of things from the public. Even though of reality. Of reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though, mm. you know, it, it would still be, it would still be something considered to be, because you'd have to have a phone. And there's still a vast majority of the yeah. world that kind of it would still be skewed. It would still, still be skewed, skewed but at least it'll be better. At least, yeah, it would be improved for sure. It would be improved. But um, uh, before we get into our last topic, uh, let me play this quick break song. Uh, I'll be back. This is a uh, album velo. Uh, this is one of my um, I'm a piano, I'm a piano songs that I love. Um, he he goes by the name of. Wait, is Amapiano, Amapiano is an artist? No, 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 no. Amapiano is a sound. I, I, oh, it's a, oh, it's the genre. Yeah, it's, it's a, the genre. It's oh, like a, I see. It originated from South Africa. I actually thought it was a person. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so your age, LED. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but this is a album Velo. Um, actually, you know what? There's actually a better song than that because this song is too long. It's eight minutes long. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. There's another song I'm going to play. Sorry. But it also has a piano uh, vibe to it. So check this out. Have you heard this one before? You must have heard it. This is another big record in Nigeria. Security 
Yeah, that was ODG by LT Skills. <coughs> I only God knows where they be getting these names from. Why, Lady Eve, are you there? Yes, I'm yeah. here. Why are you feeling that one though? Um, it reminded me of. Uh, I I can see where this genre uh, is, is coming from. It reminded me of this other song. I, um, you want to play with the big boys? Yes, it did. Yeah, it did, it I don't does. know the name of that song, but yeah, yeah. Know. this is like the you want to play with the you want to you want to bamba. It's, it's like part bamba. two of that one. It's like part two of that one. Um, <laughs> okay. Although this is it's song. a good it's a good sound. It's interesting. It's it's also giving South African house. It does. Vibes. It does. It does. That's them about Nigeria. Huh? We can we'll take. Some other people's stuff and we'll remix it to our remix so. it and just you know give it our own spice. Our own spice, I know. Um, but um <clears throat> yeah, so I know we've been kind of going on for a while here. We're gonna wrap up very soon, but just one more topic that I wanted to talk about. And this is again another one of those um cracks in the matrix. Um in this in this case, we're going to talk about our our school institutions. Um, this particular one is K three through I think third grade. Something happened in Florida recently. A bill was a bill was was put together. They've named this bill the "Don't Say Gay" bill, even though that's not the official name, but that's what the media has named it. And um, critics, this was something that was put to, that was put forth by uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis, who happens to be one of the twenty twenty four presidential favorites. People are hoping that he runs. Um, but it was put together by him, and it was a bill that essentially said that for kids between kindergarten and I think third grade teachers were not allowed to give any kind of instructional notes or instructional <coughs> instructional um, teachings about sexuality or gender that's really what it says it doesn't it doesn't bring up homosexuality or heterosexuality it doesn't say any of that it just says no instructional note about gender topics or <clears throat> or uh, sexuality topics. And the reason why was because we're starting to see a lot of these schools, a lot of these teachers in these schools, I mean, there's this one video where the teacher is pretty much talking about how he tells his kids, but first first grade or second grade kids about, about you know, like informing them about gender fluidity and all these things. And again, this is one of those things where it's like people are, aren't really paying attention here, but it's happening. It's happening across America. It's happening in a lot of, even here where I live in Maryland, a lot of schools where you have these activist teachers that are taking it upon themselves. They feel like the way to kind of help uh, build a more inclusive and more tolerant world is by starting from the ground starting from, from, you know, the foundation. And by doing that, they want to start educating kids on how to be more tolerant of some of these ideas. But a lot of parents find this very invasive. 
very, very invasive, especially given the fact that they don't want adults talking sexuality to their kids, which I happen to agree with. However, the mainstream media has framed this as like a don't say gay bill. It's framed as this transphobic, homophobic bill that's preventing teachers from talking about their sexuality, which I find to be unfortunate because I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I, like I, I didn't read the fine print of the bill, but I, I read like summary of what the bill constituted. And the main thing was that not to give instructions. What surprised me most about the bill is that they stopped at third grade. <laughs> that was what surprised me. I'm like, why did they stop at like, third why, grade? Why only third grade? Like, why not take it up to, uh, to at least middle school? At right? least middle because school. kids are still very impressionable like, to them. what? And this is me. But, but you that, know, the, hmm? the, the thing for me that really st- stood out was just, so the, the bill, or actually it's a law now because it's passed. Yes, it's, it's passed. It's, it's actually the real name is actually parental rights in education. Yes. And it, th- that's really the crux of it, right? It's fighting back at the idea that parents should not have a right to mm-hmm. know what their children are being taught and should not have a say in what their children are being taught in schools. And it's not just saying, oh, teachers shouldn't be teaching um, sex- about sexuality and gender ideology in schools. It's if you're going to do something like that, like have something like that in the curriculum, the parents should know about it yeah that is really the issue because we you know the bill didn't come up in a in a vacuum right it's reacting to something because you don't make laws about things that don't exist so it's reacting to a trend that's been growing stronger (laughs) recently where you see teachers talking very publicly about how they are inserting all kinds of um personal um ideologies yeah. into what they teach the kids teachers that are not even supposed to be teaching sex education a teacher who is there to teach history yes geography english they're they're there um to you know impart actual knowledge to the children yeah this is not their field they are teaching things to these kids that the parents don't know about because it's not in the curriculum it's not approved by anyone and the parents are simply saying, we have a right to know what our kids are being taught. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Two, we do not want the, the, the school to be in charge of teaching these particular topics to our children. So it's not even just that, because that's the thing. When, when people position it as a don't say gay bill, they're just completely missing the point. Yeah. It's, even if you want to call it don't say gay, it's also don't say straight. It's don't say anything. Yeah, don't say anything. Essentially, don't say anything. Don't talk to my child about sex, a, period. Pre-pubescent child doesn't need to be talked to about sex i want them to learn gender. math and english what, what, whatever happened to just learn, you. Like, learning how to read and count so kindergarten kids so low in when it comes on a global level when it comes to math and english achievement it's in, sad in man young it's kids, focus the, on the that Chinese why don't you they, focus they, on raising they, they the make us look stupid the standards yeah <laughs> exactly it, it it's ridiculous man it really is ridiculous um I was going to touch on this thing. A Gallup poll released. Uh, this was a news article that I found on um, Washington Post. <clears throat> a Gallup poll released in February found that a record number of U.S. adults, 7.1%, identify as LGBTQ, with 21% of Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2003, reporting that they are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or something other than heterosexual. 
See, now, and then it then goes on to say, multiple studies have shown that students who receive sex education have a better grasp on what constitutes abuse and to whom to report it. So this will be the counter-argument for the, pro- for the people against this bill, that perhaps if we introduce it to them early enough, they would have a better understanding of these sexual dynamics and they would be better equipped to... Uh, <clears throat> to escape potential abuse. What do you say to that? Um, I'm not I'm not sure how presenting alternative sexualities to a child helps them to escape abuse. Like, okay, I could see from from the perspective of like promoting accept greater acceptance in society, as in if from a, a young age a child is told that it's normal to be a non-binary person yes. and you're just like anybody else, um, yes, that child would probably grow up to see it as normal. But that's not reality, right? Like you're you're teaching something that is not rooted in reality. Yeah. At the end of the day, these are not things that are normal, and you're teaching it to kids as though they are normal. It's still a deviation from the norm. What you should be teaching kids is that this is the norm. When I remember when we were in school, um, we were taught um, algebra in stages, right? You learned um, at the beginning that, um, I'm trying to think of a good example now, but you're kind of taught like simple math at the beginning. And then later on, it started to get more and more complex. Yeah. So you, because you need to understand the foundation, you need to know what the norm is yeah. so that when you are now taught that this is a deviation, you understand it as a deviation. And so, that's not to say that because it's a deviation, it's like those people are now less than. Yeah. It's just that you understand them better because you know the real framework of the world. Like they are presenting a framework of the world to these children that is not real yeah. because you don't, this is not real life. When you tell people that, um, you know, uh, uh, two men can have a child, you don't have, when, when a child is told that, oh, you can have families where you have a mother and a father, mm-hmm. and you can have families where you have a father and a father, and a, a mother and a mother, what the child is hearing is two, two women can have a child, and two yeah. men can have a child. Yeah. They don't understand what you're telling them. If you tell a 16-year-old that already knows that it's a man and a woman that have a child, that oh, you know, sometimes a man and a man decide to come together and start a family. Then they understand that, okay, I already know from my foundation that biologically it's a man and a woman. However, some people choose to take a different path. That's fine when they're older, but you can't teach a (laughs) five-year-old that, you know, it's normal for a man and a man to have a child. They'll be confused. And that's what this creating is causing confusion. How how about the... The poll that I read out, the fact that 21% of Gen Z identify as one of these um, other categories, do you think that's as a result of society becoming more accepting of it? And do you think these are people that would have already been predisposed <coughs> to going in that direction? Or do you think this is more of people, like there's like some kind of social contagion where people are, I don't want to say brainwashed because it sounds bad, but <clears throat> you know what I mean, that people are people are falling into these categories as a result of 
kind of being nurtured towards it because of how we're normalizing it. Like, what do you think? Like, the 21%, do you think that's a real number? Are these people really that way? Or is this more of, of uh, as a result of how society is handling these, these issues? Because 20, well, 21% find, is a I lot. Find it, I find it very difficult to believe that a fifth of the Earth's population has always been gay. No, no, this is the United States, though. Like, this is not. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, no, like, yeah, yeah, extrapolating. If, if, if this is, if I'm extrapolating, right? Because if, if this is happening in the US, then it, it stands to reason that, I mean, there's nothing particularly special about the, the US. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it stands to reason that if this poll is to be believed, then um, it's just that in the rest of the world, you have around the same percentages, but it's just that those parts of the world are not as accepting to LGBT people. And that's why they're staying hidden. I think that's what the poll is implying, right? Yes. yes. Um, It's it's implying 7% in the U S but among Gen Z, which is the younger yeah. generation? You're like, there's a gap there already. So let's even assume the seven percent. Ah, I see. I see. That was what I was trying to say. Like, let's even assume the seven percent is really the representation of, of of this of the queer yeah. categories. Yeah. Among Gen Z, is more than the, that. So the, the the point still holds, right? Because essentially, what it's what the progressives would want you to see when you see these statistics is that Gen Z is more accepting mm-hmm. because they have been they have been taught about different sexualities from when they were very young. And I think that's so they are more this... comfortable about, about saying publicly who they are or, or living their truths, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, which, which implies that they have always been there. That 20% of people have always been there and they just haven't been vocal about it. But I find it very hard to believe that 20, like 20% of yeah, our population is, is queer. Um, and then we already also have evidence that at least for trans kids, there yes. is social contagion. Research has been done about this yeah. um, into rap- rapid onset gender dysphoria. And I, I don't think, think we can... You're talking about Abigail Schreier, right? Uh, yes, I, Abigail Schreier wrote about it, but I think someone else did the research. I can't remember what her okay. name is, but uh, the woman was was cancelled and she, she was... Oh, the reaction from the establishment to her research was just um, they put her through hell because she was basically um, um, exposing the, the medical establishment for pushing ch- um, children down this transitioning path mm-hmm. um, long before they've actually been like, you know, uh, like mentally, uh, psychologically assessed and evaluated and so on and so forth. So, so the social contagion has already been revealed through research for trans trans kids, transgender kids. So I think it also stands to reason that the same kind of social contagion we're seeing there, we could also be seen with other kinds of sexualities on the spectrum. And I don't think we can discount how impressionable kids are at a certain age. Plus, there's a lot of social capital to be gained. Honestly, these days. There is. There is. You're you're treated specially um, in certain circles, not all circles. Um, in certain places, you're you're almost exalted, um, almost uh, when you yeah. come out as one of these um, identities, and, and then you throw social media into the mix. Um, <sighs> if you look at the number of followers and likes that yeah. people who are on the special spectrum yeah. get, as opposed to just normal people, you can see how there are so many incentives for 
kids to, you know, even if they're not, they, you know, they, they might actually genuinely think that they are on the spectrum. Yeah. But how, where did those ideas come from, right? Did it come from them? Or did it come from school? Or did it come from other people that they're watching on social media? Well, well back to this bill, though. Because this is ultimately what's at the heart of it. This bill, um, it like I said, this is the first time that someone is kind of like pushing back against it. And I think that another state came, I think either Louisiana or all these other states came out with a version of their own bill. Um, and people are fighting back. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here to say it. I'm in support of the bill. I, I don't care if that makes me cancelable or whatever i'm definitely in support of the bill from what i've read i i think people should take their time because everyone keeps saying don't say gay bill i think that's a that's a that's a false characterization of what that bill entails it actually makes sense and as someone that has a child i have a daughter um i think i would want i would want to be the one to have that conversation with my child i wouldn't want a teacher in her school to have those conversations. And it's funny because we're talking about Twitter earlier on and one of the accounts, have you ever heard of libs of TikTok? Yes, I have. That was where I saw it the most. I, I, I used to, I, I used to follow them on Twitter and I, you know, I thought it was a joke when I heard about all these kids in class getting, getting all these teachings until I started seeing these teachers like, coming out to admit themselves that this is what they are teaching kids. Like, talking about how activists they're, they're being in their classes, talking about how they're explaining this and that. And there are even books out there that they used to explain some of these things. Like, there, there's this one book that was talking about um, how to masturbate or something. And there were teachers talking about how they used the book to explain to, like, second, third graders. And that was when I realized, oh my gosh, this thing is real. This isn't, this isn't a rumor. This is people, teachers are actually doing this all over America. And Libs of TikTok was how I found out. You know what happened to Libs of TikTok? Oh, I heard they just got suspended. They got suspended. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Uh, and you know, the thing is their account wasn't even, you know, necessarily saying anything, right? No. They were simply just. They just posted. They were just taking people's own social media posts. On, on TikTok. TikTok and, yeah. You know, on Instagram. And just posting it. Like. That was all. Look at this. That's it. No. Right? I, I, but I, even that. Yeah. There was another publication to Babylon B. They, they do all these satires, like satirical headlines. And they were banned for, I guess, addressing someone that was born a man as oh, misgendering a man. yeah misgendering i think what they what they, they had this satirical head headline yes was praising rachel levine yes uh, i think she's a head i'm trying to remember what her uh, position is in the u.s but uh, something in maybe in the department of health yes as um but, as man of the year yes and yeah i think they considered her the first female four-star general or something like that i don't know yes Yes, exactly. I mean, so which, she she got that accolade, which is as which is so you know, ridiculous. as the first female. So ridiculous! Then, like, are you then, guys <laughs> paying attention to what's going on in Nobudu and Ibo? This is this is what we're debating now. We can't even t- 
touch on some of the issues because we're busy debating the definition of woman. Anyway, I'll leave it there because I, I don't want to. I know this is the courageous part. I know that I I had made an uh, an oath to you guys to be as courageous as possible, but there's just some things that I have to like really tread delicately around just because there are consequences. And it's, it's not cool. And that just shows you how far we've gone, right? This is why we need Elon to come and help us out. I'm telling you, man. He's our champion. He's our champion. Um, but do you have anything else on this uh, don't say gay bill? Oh, I was just um, reading, by the way. It's not just even one state that has followed their lead. I think it. it I, I just saw a, a news article saying that at least 12 other states oh. in the U.S. are considering similar... Okay. legislation okay so, um, so alabama you... ohio louisiana okay you know texas the resistance is it just shows showing you people up. are waking up yeah people are waking up that, that the resistance is definitely showing up and you know this is another one of our instruments of influence our school institutions believe it or not these are one these are the places that ideas are bred and the fact that they're already trying to start this from like kindergarten kindergarten like it i don't even know what to say like if you had told me yeah. we would be here 10 years ago i'll be like you're crazy how how yep. how did so much change in such a short span what, was it the pandemic did we all lose our minds but then again you realize that some of these things have been had been happening behind the scenes they've been long brewing before. they've, they've been, been brewing slowly yeah now wow now real wow now real wow my people like only God can save us at this point, man. Because I, I just don't know how we get through this. And Elon Musk. <laughs> and Elon Musk. And Elon Musk for sure. But um but we've we've been here for a while now. Um I don't know, Lady Eve, is there anything else that you wanted to to put out there generally before we we, we call it a day? Um no, so I, I definitely enjoyed this conversation. I think there's Likewise. so much Likewise. so much to to discuss and bring Likewise. to people's awareness i think a lot of times we just think you know there are other things to focus on there's more important things to focus on but really what could be more important than the future in which our kids are going to live yeah um so yeah. these things are, are really important we i think we need to start taking a lot more notice and yeah. looking forward to more conversations i i i'm definitely looking forward to having you on um i really appreciate that um i appreciate you coming on uh i i i i thought we would even discuss there's certain things that i'm pretty sure that we disagree on but maybe another chance we'll get to delve on those topics um but in this in this one i want i really wanted to touch on the cracks that we're seeing and and, and some of the resistance and you know I, I i don't like to be all doom and gloom all the time because some of my previous episodes i might have come across that way I, i'm here to say that you know there's some hope out there. There's light. Uh, you know, people are waking up, and I'm hoping you all also do the same. I think we, we have to start being vocal. A lot of these times, like, there's so many people that I run into, and they're like, you know, we have these conversations, but then when it gets to the public light, they don't say anything. One of my friends the other day, he, I put out a tweet, and instead of, like, replying to that tweet in public, he DM'd me, say, you know, talking about how, yeah, he agrees with me, and I'm like, Wow. We're really scared to say this. We're really, we're really scared to say some of these simple things that we've we've considered to be fact. And and that's not a world that I want to live in. You know, on the last episode, I talked about 
you know, the idea of some of the things that really drew me to the United States of America, this, I, this tenet of freedom of speech, um, it was one of the things that really drew me to this country. It was one of the things that I, I fell in this in love with this country. You know, I came to this country and I found, I saw people saying some wild stuff. Um, even before I came to this country, the hip-hop genre, like there were wild things I used to hear in, 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 those, in those rap rap songs and things that you'd never hear uh, back home. But there was just something about it that was liberating, that it was like, wow, they can actually say this. And I'm starting to see those freedoms get curtailed every day on social media, in person, at, at our jobs. There's just certain things that you're not even allowed to, allowed to, certain lines that you're not allowed to cross anymore. And, and that's something that if we are going to push back against it, we have to find the courage to be able to speak up. Not in private, in public. And and I'm not going to pretend like I'm there yet. I'm working my way there. But my hope is that I can actually say everything that's really on my mind. Because there's a lot of this stuff that doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm, you know, I'm one of the most liberal people out there. You know, I have my conservative views too. But I, I'm, I, I generally try not to be judgmental. Um, so please, you guys out there, I hope you guys, you know, use this as a lesson that, you know, it's okay to be able to speak up and say these things don't make any sense. Um, anyway, I've been rambling on for far too long now. Um, Lady Eve, once again, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your presence. I hope you can come back. Um, and thank you for having me. Oh, for sure. And for that, I will leave you with this my my piano sound that I wanted to play initially. Uh, and I'll leave you with that. Thanks, Lady Eve. You have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.
Kill me,